Hi, everyone. Welcome to Girls Room. Normally, Julia would be doing the intro, but guess what? It's just me today. That's right. This is a Drew solo monologue episode. Why, you may ask? Simply put, we're busy. <laughs> We've had to reschedule episodes like three separate times over the past two weeks. And it's just hard. It's hard out here, you know, like between moving and going to Taylor Swift concerts and dealing with the general vagaries of the human existence. Uh, it's just hard to sit down and record a podcast sometimes. However, we will be back to regularly scheduled programming next week. In the meantime, I wanted to take to the mic myself get my voice across because we really need to be centering men's voices in these trying times. And also I'm gay. Ever heard of it? We're under attack this Pride Month and I am going to use the platform afforded to me to talk about pressing societal issues such as the Vanderpump Rules reunion uh, two weeks after it has aired um RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 8 one of the worst seasons of Drag Race I've ever seen in my life um and anything else that pops up into my little head over the next like 15 to 20 minutes if you are a fan of Crisis Twink my other uh show separate of Julia though she has been a guest on it several times uh I do this occasionally just to fill space and it's a little fun. So come with me on this journey as I dive deep into a culture that seems to be actively working against us at all times. I do want to get started on the Vanderpump Rules reunion, which by the time you are listening to this will have aired last week. Um, I have not seen whatever, like, find out what you missed this season episode that aired last night. Uh it didn't seem like there was anything illuminating. And honestly, I'm a little bravoed out right now, so I just need to skip it. So I have a complex take here. I am team Ariana. In so much as she is obviously the victim in all this, no one deserves to be cheated on by their partner of nine years, especially not with their supposed best friend, though I have a lot of doubts about the veracity of that claim i really have thought strongly that that friendship was put on for for cameras and to give raquel a reason to like stick around on the cast um because i do think the optics of letting her go after the breakup happened would have been bad for bravo so they were like we just need to keep her around however this move has obviously backfired um in damagingly psychosexual ways that being said that being said and i if you take one pull quote away from this it should be i am team ariana that being said i felt so bad for raquel at this reunion i think she took it on the chin way 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 harder than tom did under the firing squad and I think it's just really hard to watch for 50 plus minutes a woman get called the C word by eight other people. I think that's really 
like it's not fun it's not shady or whatever and i this is the other take i really think lala should be fired i am ready to see her go she this was a great reunion all three parts were fascinating a return to old school VPR, I mean, in general, but VPR reunions, which are some of the greatest recorded television we have. But her constant need to interject, to make it about her, to like get sound bites off, I think tanked some legitimate conversations that could have been had. And it's a little obstructionist at that point. Like, you need to let the producers make television. You need to let Andy Cohen, who was on fire these reunions as moderator, make television. And when Lala and James, to an almost equal extent, do their little song and dance routine and and obstruct everything, we don't get answers. I am so interested in Raquel's psychology because I do think she is a fundamentally unknowable person in ways I have not really seen play out on reality TV before. For someone who is so overtly naive and so seemingly void of an inner life, as at least as we have seen it on the show, she contains such dark recesses and i think we really saw the damn break in the last five minutes when she went back to the producers um and spilled about the true timeline of the affair which like we knew that already but i was seeing people be like that's it like that was the big twist we were pushing up to and like sure it validated something we basically all already knew But I think in terms of a moment that really reveals the true depravity of Tom Sandoval and also like Raquel's like just complete unwillingness to play ball anymore. I think that it is very it's a very rich text. It's very psychologically rich. Um, And Vanderpump Rules is one of the most psychologically rich reality shows probably ever. But like this kind of was a new new frontier like we're jacks never really owned up to his mistakes jacks was such a cartoon villain it was kind of impossible to take it seriously at a certain point um and then like all these reform reform methods he was trying out with Brittany and his dad and all that like they just felt so flat because we know what this man is like he is Boris and Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle just wrapped up into one South Florida cokehead. Tom Sandoval is a different beast in that he, not to use pop psychology, which is what I've been doing for the past like five minutes now, but he has such higher EQ than Jax does to me. And that's what makes this more sinister. He can at least play pretend at taking accountability for his actions, showing appropriate remorse, even though he, I think he came off like a full psycho at the reunion. Um, But I don't think he means any, any of it. I think he's really good at manipulating public sentiment against women, which we, he was trying to do with Ariana a little bit, but in a very like passive schmoopy way, which was gross. 
And he did it obviously with Kristen almost 10 years ago. I do not really see a way forward for Tom Sandoval on this show. I need him to come back because I don't think we have anything without Tom and Raquel, unfortunately. Though I am interested in seeing an aftermath season of this show in which everyone just picks up the pieces. We are going to get a lot of crying Ariana, I'm sure. But Tom and Katie have obviously had a ginormous fallout from this. Tom and Tom have allegedly had a giant falling out from all this though i don't really believe that honestly and tom schwartz is a worm tom schwartz is a worm the worm comments directed at sandoval should have been directed at mr tom schwartz who was the worm of all worms la moss worm i found his heather gray stretched neck t-shirt untucked under a suit jacket appalling a complete rejection of what constitutes appropriate reunion wear and indeed menswear as a whole. I think he is just so sloppy and I can't I can't look at it anymore on a personality level. I do find him hot still. T-shirt aside, I used to go to his gym um, and he would just kind of dispassionately do fly machine, like two reps, but he was on his phone just sitting down for the most part which a relatable and b like sometimes we just need a bench to sit on and i think he he is a man constantly in search of a bench but the way his life has been constructed by him and by others it just doesn't afford it my last question from the reunion and one that must be explored maybe in a christina kelly led web series like let's get her some work we need to hold Katie Maloney accountable for crashing Sheena's wedding. The fact that that went completely unmentioned at the reunion was shocking to me. I think this season of VPR would have been pretty good without Scandaball even. I do believe that. And Katie's complete loserdom, which once again, like has, but it's both self-inflicted, but also she is a victim of circumstance. That was one of the most losery things she has ever done. And I cannot believe it went uncommented on. Accountability for Katie Maloney. Accountability for all. Accountability for all. Moving on to RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 8. Uh, one of the worst seasons of Drag Race ever. Um, I really don't have much to say about this. I am Team Jimbo. I know that Jimbo is potentially a controversial figure of amongst certain factions of the fandom i personally really enjoy his outsized clowny drag um it reminds me a lot of the la queens i used to watch uh including selena estides uh tony soto a bunch of other people who are just absolutely wonderful performers and i think not i think we are a really used to this like hyper femme insta aesthetic in current drag that I think has especially for the younger fans become the let's say gold standard for what drag should look like when there are obviously multiple forms of drag that are more or less like tied to that kind of like hyper femme aesthetic and i do i would really urge people to 
seek out i believe it was twitter um macy rodman a very wonderful singer songwriter performer and co-host of nympho wars which is the funniest podcast ever um she had a wonderful thread about people's responses to jimbo um being rooted in kind of an ignorance of what like a lot of forms of drag actually look like that I thought was great and way more educated than what I could probably say on the topic um but definitely go look that up um otherwise I'm I've been a long time Candy Muse fan I'm happy to see her doing so well on this season um also love Alexis Michelle her line on clat i just want you to feel mama is maybe my number one most sent voice note uh ever and i'm really and i love jessica wild like that to me is the clear top four out of this group i'm really waiting for kahana to hit the high road i could take lala re like i like the lala re experience um more than i like some of the actual drag that we've seen from her but she is such a good narrator and she's so weird and funny um but the fashion i mean the fashion on this season of all stars is pretty bad writ large i am not going to say who which close friend of mine uh texted me that this season was giving all volunteers but i have not really been able to unsee that this time and I don't know. Things could still turn around, but not holding my breath. Um, what else is even going on in the world right now? <sighs> I don't know. Book recommendation, uh, The Guest by Emma Klein. I'm a really quick reader, and I have a tough time putting books down and picking them back up again. The Guest is one of the few books that I have essentially had to do that for because it is so stress inducing I can really only take it a chapter at a time so it's taken me about two full weeks I'm almost done with it um it is kind of the hot girl book of the summer from what I've been able to ascertain so if you feel that that description describes to you seek it out and tell me in my DMs, who you would want to fantasy cast the miniseries for, because there's no way this is not going to be turned into like a movie or a miniseries. Music-wise, I'm really, really, really enjoying the new Amare albums. Um, her album, her last one was very good too. Um, really, really liking all the music that Strange Ranger has put out recently. Maybe I can drop a playlist in the show notes. That could be fun. Um, the Beach Fossils album is really good. I've been on a Belinda Carlisle deep dive recently. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know if I want to talk about this, actually. I'm gonna. Um, I kind of like the idol, you guys. I know it is cringe. It is stupid. And I think absolutely nothing about the weekend's involvement in this show is working outside of the song uh, I'm a Freak slash World Class Center. I may have mixed up those slash clauses, um, which is fantastic and is so stuck in my head. This show is so deeply stupid, but I think the show that is about her pop career and the label and her managers and like all the people who are kind of tied up in the support system is pretty good and pretty funny. It's like a much 
less serious take on that than one of my favorite movies of the past 10 years, Vox Lux, which is perfect and also like very knowing and camp in a lot of ways. But the idol, most of the scenes with like Jane Adams and Hari Neff, Dame Hari Neff, are I actually think pretty funny. Like, yes, it's a little obvious. Like, I think a lot of Sam Levinson stuff is so obvious. Um, but if it's making me laugh, if I'm like visually stimulated, if I like the music, like I can at least enjoy that part of the show. Anything with the weekend, I think, is it just I'm like, I don't get it. Like they could have just casted someone with actual acting experience to do that role the weekend could do the show as a producer and like god forbid even a writer and things would still be okay but he just doesn't work as an acting or even honestly an aesthetic presence that sounded rude but it's true and like i just think the much derided sex scene that's been going around twitter like Imagine literally anyone else saying that, saying the words that he said, like an, a trained professional actor. And we'd be cooking with gas. But that's not the show we have. And we got to, you know, make do with what we have. And those are words to live by in a lot of sectors of life, but most notably with the idol. So let's keep watching let's see where it goes i thought the pilot was pretty bad and episode two uh was close to fantastic i like it more the more i think about it honestly including some of the later scenes like weekend aside um so yeah i don't think julia thinks that so maybe we'll tap in after episode three and see where we're all at um i think i'm gonna wrap this up for today because i've been going on for a while but we will be back to our normally scheduled programming next week covering season four episode nine with extra special guest jocelyn silver who's a fantastic writer um and get excited for way more guests to come because we got some heavy hitters heavy hitters coming up um until then uh you can follow me on twitter at fkpigs and I will see y'all with Julia and company next week. Bye.